March 13th, 2016, and this is not an Idle Thumbs reference. I'm Colin Detmar. And I'm Emily Dalton, and this is Bottle Crow, a Dota 2 podcast. How you doing, Em? Welcome back. Hmm. To both of us, because we took a, little, uh, took a little time off there. I thought you might be welcoming me back to Dota after I officially quit Dota forever. Well, I, w- I, was, I was testing the waters and seeing if you would go there. I have officially quit Dota forever. And then you started playing again. Well, there have been some games played since I officially quit Dota Forever, but I'm not saying I've really rescinded that statement. Okay, so as a person who has quit Dota, how has 6.87 been treating you? It's fine. Uh, buying experience in practice so far hasn't been that bad, except that last night I dreamed that I was playing a game with our a mutual friend of ours and I was trying to buy experience and she had already bought it and I was super pissed. My dreams are fascinating. So I I have to, there's one correction I have to issue from before. You can't use the tomes on anyone else. Like I said, right? Yeah. But you can take them off the courier. You can share them. (sighs) And in fact, like, there has been an issue of people like courier jacking people to steal their tomes. Sure. Not in any of my games, but you know. Well, uh, I hope that's something they want to fix. But uh, so, been it's been eventful since we we last talked. Uh, we've had the qualifiers for the Manila Majors. We've had uh, the ongoing large tournament in Moscow, Epicenter, which has been really fantastic. Um, let's talk about the pro scene a bit. How much have you caught? Zero. Okay. I quit Dota forever. Right, I forgot. Um, so you should probably watch some Epicenter. It's been really good. Um, All right, link me a couple of the best. Sure. Uh, the main thing is that Newbie has been on the Warpath for, like, not just since Epicenter. They've been on the Warpath kind of for a while, and I was a little surprised they didn't get an invite to the Manila Major. Hmm. Um, they qualified anyway because they're destroying everyone. Um <laughs> OG managed to break their win streak, but through 29 games in, uh, well, I think it was between the Manila Major and Epicenter, they had mm-hmm. a 29 streak of one games. Not one sets, one games. Jeez. Um, they're kicking the shit out of everybody. And it's kind of <laughs> like, and some of the matches seem like they're really close, but they just always... Like, it doesn't matter if you get them at a disadvantage, they clutch it out. They're playing amazingly well, and they just seem to really understand the meta. Hmm. Um, OG has been doing some really fantastic play. We've been seeing No-Tail farm again, which is really Yay. what I wanted to see. Um, I do want to take a quick moment to chew out the team I, I tried to rally behind, which is Team Spirit. Um, they've just been making some boneheaded player trading and management decisions that have left them like they grabbed uh illidan and dropped uh they dropped a couple players picked up illidan and funnick and now they're dropping illidan and one of their other players to pick up havost and it's just like they're they're just scrambling constantly and it's you need to let your time your team take a little time to figure out their communication and cohesion you need to not just scramble every time things don't go absolutely your way because it looks like you're having a tantrum I do like seeing Havost get a job, though. Really? I I can't give up that love. I can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, he's got a job again. That's something, I guess. Yay! 
so um, the other things I feel like have been interesting watching this meta. Um, well, I mean, I guess one thing, which we'll get to a little bit later, but the blade mail buffs have made pros pick it up when mostly pros have ignored it, except for mm-hmm. on some characters. Um, so I think at the pro level, it's balanced. And at a pub level, it's not as bad as I feared. And as I say, we'll talk about that. Um, but also, I think there's been a, an interesting dichotomy. Um, I feel like there's kind of been this push and pull in in the Dota meta for a long time that I'm becoming more and more conscious of, which is whether or not those heroes with those big team fight ultimates with the long cooldowns are a good thing to have on your mm. team. They're a great thing to have in the game, but I see a lot of examples of teams like picking, you know, like Chronosphere with, you know, like the Phoenix Egg and then like Ravage, right? Just like the mm-hmm. wombo combo. And then like the enemy team baits them into a fight gets them to spend those ults and then just backs off and it's like okay well now like now we can do whatever we want because you don't have those ults anymore and you need them to fight us um but on the other hand when they do manage to pull those off and the other team doesn't get to disengage a lot of the time you just get these like you know five for nothing wipes right yeah um it seems like it's in a really good place to me right now where like it feels like picking up Picking up one of those long cooldown heroes can be a good idea, but picking up multiple is really a gamble in a way that I think is kind of healthy, you know? Yeah, especially three. Yikes. Yeah, there have been, there have been some people, like multiple people picking up three, and it's, mm. yeah, it's really it's really an all-in on getting the, the big team fight to turn the, you know, the game around. And if you don't get it, then you're in some trouble. Um... So, I mean, what have you been playing lately? Have you, like, has there been any trends in your play that are that are different from your norm, would you say? Yeah, I, uh, I tried out Undying, and then I was like, holy shit, this is a great time. So there's been some Undying. I also tried Crystal Maiden again after pretty much not playing her since I started playing Dota, and then just ate shit. I mean, really, more than with some heroes, just ate shit on Crystal Maiden. Um, but yeah, went back. Tried again. I can play her now without always eating shit. So that was a good experience in my life. Cool. How about you? What you been doing? Um, I mean, Crystal Maiden as well. She is now up to one of my top three most played heroes. Hmm. Um, alongside, of course, Wind Ranger and Earthshaker, because I am me. Um, but uh, if I'm allowed to, to toot my horn for uh, just a second here, um, since the last time I discussed my MMR, I am now up to 2.9k which wow. is more than 1,000 over what I calibrated at. Congrats, man. Thank you. It's, you know, it's nice to have that, that upward progress and feel good about it. Um, I played a game not too long ago, in fact it was yesterday, where I played a Crystal Maiden and a very nice, very nice uh, Tusk player uh, asked me if I would join his, his team as his second support. And I was like, oh, that's very sweet Aww. of you, but I, no, I'm okay. Um <laughs> But I feel like things are things are going well. Um, I don't know. I know a lot of people don't get into the MMR climb, but it can be really satisfying, you know? I believe it. 
If I ever climb, I'll let you know how it feels. We really need to get you playing more, yeah, offlaners and maybe eventually carries. We'll see. We'll see. I know, like, I don't want to push you to anything you're uncomfortable about, but... Offlaners feel more possible. That's true. I've been playing offlane sometimes. It's just that, like, low down... Like, I feel like once you get above... I don't know... I can't pretend to know where the line is, right? But I feel like there was a point for me where I could support and have that be a way to gain MMR Hmm. because the people could reliably perform enough that good support could push things one way or another, right? Yeah. But, like, low down, people undermine your ability to support to an extent that it's like you just... If you're a support, it... I'm not going to say it doesn't matter how well you play, but so much of your fate is resting in the hands of the carry who can have such wildly different skills at that level. Yeah, I recently ended up with a jungle legion commander, and that was... We won that game, but that was not her fault. Yeah, I uh, we had a jungle legion commander uh, my last game who I... I was not super nice to. I You know, I... I don't tend to get mean, but I was not, I was pretty frustrated with her because she forced our support Lena to offlane because she wanted to jungle, um, Uh which is shitty. Good start. Yeah. And like spent a lot of the time in the jungle, you know, jungling when she could be like, I tried, (laughs) I said like, she, she said Legion and that's Legion jungle. And I said, please Legion offlane, like Legion jungle is so bad. And and the Legion said, I'm like, I'm good. And I was like, it's not a matter of skill. <laughs> uh, it's just a bad role for her. Um, but then she started playing really well. And I was like, okay, I just, I, I'm, just, I'm not going to take back anything I've said. I'm just going to not say anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It's It feels frustrating to me because like you there are those situations where like you you want to win but you think that those people need the feedback as to what they're doing you know it's like no you i don't give them that feedback unless they are like loudly being assholes no no i mean like they need to lose because they're doing a dumb thing our jungle legion i know i told you this story but i actually thought it was kind of funny uh i think you play Jungle Legion if you don't want to communicate with your team or really work with them. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to do your own thing. And at one point, she went to do Roche by herself and was just getting killed, right? Like, oh, no, yeah. oh, no. Uh, I was supporting, and I ran in there. And then Slark, God bless our Slark, who led the team, totally cool guy, good Slark, um, said, like, Hey, uh, Legion, you want you want some help in there? No response. And Legion has been typing in chat quite a bit, but no response to this. And so Slark and I run in and help. And Slark's like, "You can you can have the Aegis. I don't have a slot for it." And and you're the one who keeps dying. Silence. It's silence. And we kill Roche. And we both leave. And there's this awkward pause. And then Slark says, "Sorry." <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. You. Wow. You wish this was a solo game. So. I see. I see a lot of those people, right? I think mm. the way you put it the other day was was men going their own way, right? Yes. So, like, what? Well, first off, what roles do you see? Like, what characters in what positions do you see that most commonly being? Obviously, Jungle Legion. Once upon a time, Ancient's Necro. Anti mage. 
sometimes anti-mage, yeah, that's fair. At, at my level, I would say invoker, because n- nobody can play invoker at my level. It's like, oh, you just, you just, okay, you're, you're going to do your own thing. That's cool. And at my level, sometimes people know how to play invoker. They just, they just wish they didn't have to play him in this stupid team game. Yeah. So. No, listen, I'm Racelin, and you guys can fuck off. <laughs> Boy, that's right. a that's a deep pull, sis. I'm a dork. So, like, do you think that there is a a way for those characters to like those? When I say characters, I mean like the human beings, right? Like those <laughs> those characters, um, those people who are about independent action. Let's put it nicely. Is there a character or a position for them that that isn't bad that works? You probably have a better answer for that than I do, but there are. I mean, like if they're a, I guess it's in my mind it depends on two things. One, are they eventually willing to join the team? Mm-hmm. Or are they willing to like work with the team at some point in order to be able to to fuck off and rule the land? Um, and I I don't remember the other one. So <laughs> I would say uh, Lycan can be a good like any yeah. I would say any really good split pusher Drow if you want to build a split push. But really if you want to do that build a split push. Otherwise I mean Anti Mage could be a great pick if you just want to spend some time alone. That Slark spent quite a bit of time alone and Legion would yell at him. He's like you don't want me in these fights yet. He was right. So if you're an excellent, pretty hard carry or a split pusher, that's what I tend to think. Hmm. Are there any specific heroes you think of as good for that? I mean, I think a lot of junglers, honestly. You know, like the ones who are actual junglers. So Legion Commander. (laughs) Like, it's weird because a lot of them and like a lot of them, the point of being a jungler is that they can then be more effective teammates, right? Like, yeah. if you're willing to go your own way for the f- for the beginning of the game, for the early game, and then join up, then, like, okay, play Enigma, play Axe, play Chen, play Enchantress, right? These mm-hmm. heroes who can use the jungle to get what they need and then help the team out, and they're not, like... Because I think there is a breed of this sort of person who is just like, I don't want to have to worry about whether my support is going to try to steal my last hits or watching out for them in lane. I want to get my farm so that I can fight without having to worry about anybody else, right? And fair enough. To a certain extent. It's kind of a selfish attitude. But like, yeah, okay, I get it. Um, I can see where it comes from. Sure, sure. But the people who are like, no, I am just, I am, I am the one man push machine I'm king or shit of fuck mountain right like i i am not going to work with anyone ever it's like well there's no getting past the fact that it's a team game um yeah. the best you could do is like i could see some like blood seekers can get away with it mm. i could see some nature's prophets maybe getting away mm. with it but when push comes to shove you're gonna get called out at some point and there's gonna be one of you and five of them you need to have a team not just four people who are not trying to kill you. Probably not trying to kill you. Might depend on yeah. how much they resent your, your play style. Creative force staff use, let's say. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like. Obviously, I would love it if those people just didn't, just weren't that way. But clearly, that's not going to happen. So it's a problem of trying to like trying to manage the bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I feel like a nature's prophet or a good anti-mage or a lichen or a bloodseeker 
these are the best ways to kind of manage that sort of thing. If you're willing to be a team player after you get some farm, an Enchantress or a Chen or an Enigma or an Axe. Those are all wonderful. Axe is so good right now. And if you're a Chen, you really get to build your own team, so... <laughs> I've got four players here, and they all do exactly what I tell them to. This is great. <laughs> so fuck you guys. <laughs> well. That's more where I took that. Yeah. Uh, listen. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Let's talk a bit about Blink Dagger. Blink Dagger! This is a conversation that you and I started to have a while ago. Yeah. Um, and I was basing it on the premise that I am starting to think that maybe, like, I love Blink Dagger. It is a great item. It is one of the items that makes Dota Dota, right? It is a thing that sets it apart from any other MOBA that I've played, right? Yeah. Obviously, you can't see me nodding, but I'm nodding. Like, obviously, Heroes of New Earth has it because Heroes of New Earth just really wishes it was Dota, but... Um, it sort of sets it up. Certainly sets it apart from its main rivals, like Heroes of like Heroes of the Storm or League of Legends. But I also feel like there is. It's worth entertaining the thought that Blink Dagger is becoming way too. Not too powerful necessarily, but like too big in a design sense. Its presence in game design is monolithic and causes. It distorts everything around it, if that makes sense. Well, and I'm thinking, like, yeah, some of the... So I'm thinking, like, recent-ish changes that have made that, like, uh, coming out of a prison, you take a little damage so you can't just blink away, that sort of thing, mm. which seemed necessary, but... Yeah. And like, dagger. like, the reason... Like, I mean, Radiance is a great farming item, and it does good teamfight damage, but the thing that pushes it over the edge to being a fantastic item on characters like Spectre is it's like, okay, Spectre needs to get to a fight. Spectre hits R. Spectre can instantly be there, and also, because of Radiance, no one on the enemy team can blink. That's Woo! really powerful. Yeah. Um... And I don't think that's, like, as I say, like, I don't think that's overpowered. And I think it can be cool. But, like, the effect that it has on so many parts of the game, like, as you mentioned, that Astral Prison thing, my understanding is that Yules once was a similar way. Like, you didn't take damage <clears throat> from Yules. And then they added damage to Yules, so you couldn't blink when you landed. <clears throat> um, and, like, you have things like, like, Heartstopper Aura is HP removal, right? Mm-hmm. And it's coded that way so that it doesn't trigger your blink dagger. <laughs> if it was just damage, it would trigger your blink dagger and it would be overpowered. And it just... It casts a long shadow, you know? Yeah. And so I wonder, like, I don't think the answer is to nerf blink dagger, right? Right. But I think there's a possibility that we need to consider other forms of mobility and transportation to be more serious contenders, right? Like, I mean, Shadowblade is not bad, but Shadowblade can be pretty strongly countered and doesn't really do the same thing. And Force Staff absolutely doesn't do the same thing, right? Yeah. So, so are you looking for an item that's more... That's, are you looking for another item of movement? I don't know what I'm looking for. I think I'm looking for, like, think about characters like 
Earthshaker, right? Earthshaker always wants a Blink Dagger. Yes. He will forever want a Blink Dagger. We've been playing Crystal Maiden. She wants a Blink she Dagger. She wants a Blink Dagger. And there are a lot of these heroes that's just like, no, they just, they want a Blink Dagger. And the difference between having it and not having it is so huge. Like an Earthshaker buying a Blink Dagger is one of those moments that turns games around. Hmm. And I wonder if there should be some alternative for these characters. And before anyone says anything, the new Earthshaker Ags does not do that. It's a different thing. The, it would probably do that if it weren't for the fact that from casting it to where you land is two seconds of flight time, which is kind of ridiculous if you ask me. But eh. It looks hilarious. It looks hilarious. That's true. <laughs> and it's not bad, but it's it's not as good as I feel like it should be. Um, and it certainly isn't a good substitute for a blink dagger, right? I... I when the patch first came out, I took a game where I was playing Earthshaker and we were winning hard to try using it instead of a Blink Dagger. And then I went and got a Blink Dagger as well, because that <laughs> was not working. So I guess I want an item, I want a mobility item, probably, that is a serious rival to Blink Dagger that works differently. That maybe is useful for a different kind of hero? Sure. Or, like, or maybe is, like, I mean, I don't, it doesn't have to be Earthshaker, right? Like, Earthshaker probably is just, he he and Blink Dagger, like, I, I am right now wearing a shirt of Earthshaker cuddling a Blink Dagger. He's probably just, he's probably just stuck with that one, right? But, like, I bet there's a way you could get some kind of mobility item for Crystal Maiden that she would, in some situations, take instead of the Blink Dagger. Well, what would be different about it i don't know i mean i don't know um i could see like i could see a thing where you phase to a location so like you move to a location like let's say you hit the you hit the button for the key for this item and then click on a spot on the ground right Uh and you move there you don't get there instantly, but you can't be hit while going there. I, d- I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas out there. But, like, the Blink Dagger's power is that you can be very precise about where you go, and you can get there instantly. And also, it doesn't cost you any mana. Yeah. And it used to cost mana, and I'm glad it doesn't now. But, I don't know. Maybe this thought process is going nowhere. Oh, well, I'm, I'm thinking now, but as you know, sometimes it just takes me a while. Sure. Maybe, maybe we'll come back to this thought. Maybe we'll get some, some questions from readers or thoughts from readers through our email or Twitter accounts. Um, so, let's talk about our Ags of the Week. Uh, it's been a while since we've done Ags of the Week. Um we hit a point where we felt like we were doing them just to do them. Um, but I really enjoy the feature, and also 6.87 has really made me think that Ice Frog needs the help, because a lot of these eggs are really incredibly stupid. So, this week we picked Bounty Hunter. Emily, what did you, what did you decide no, on? Nope, this week? I want to hear yours first. Which of my two do you want to hear first? The one you like better. 
how about I phrase this differently? Do you want the more fucked up one or the less fucked up one first? Super fucked up. Okay. So it's a passive, right? Mm-hmm. And when he gets it, he can see which Phantom Lancer is the real Phantom Lancer, right? I'm hanging up the Skype call right now. <laughs> okay, I'll say my real idea. <laughs> um, mm. So my real idea is it affects track. I originally didn't want to affect track, and my first idea did not. But I had an idea that was fucked up in a way I really appreciate. Um, it changes track so that you can cast it on creeps and on runes. And it behaves differently on them. First off, it gives no visual indication, like no clear debuff to the enemy that it is on it, right? Mm-hmm. And when an enemy either picks up the rune or kills that creep, then they are tracked. Huh. Huh. So, like, you could cast track on, let's say, an invis rune. And then someone walks up and says, oh, an invis rune, and picks it up, and then they're tracked. Or, would it would it work when they triggered the rune, or like if they put it into a bottle, would it work the whole time they were, it was in the bottle? That's a good question. Oh man, if it worked the whole time it was in the bottle, that'd be really fucked up. I would probably say when it's activated. So like if it was in your bottle, it would be like it it would not have triggered yet. Probably. Hmm. I don't know. We could workshop that one. Or also like you could go into the enemy jungle and cast it on a creep, and then they someone comes into jungle and you track them. <laughs> That is a neat idea, and I think I like it. Well, cool. I I I was pretty excited when I thought of that one. What yeah. is your idea? Well, I should tell you, I'm going to give you my idea, but then I have more good stuff I can add to it if this is not fucked up. Um, mine is not super exciting, uh, but I would like to give him a move speed bonus whenever he is on the wrong side of the map, whenever he's in enemy territory. And... He gains a new power that's just sort of a powerful, maybe sort of cool-looking shot with his pistol. And he gets, like, a really good, really good, better than a critical hit. But he only gets one charge of this power for every hero kill he personally gets. Can I ask you a question? Ask! What pistol? What are you talking about? Yeah, he, he has... Doesn't he have a pistol? Am I imagining this? You've got cosmetics probably where he does. Most do not. Yes. Oh, well, uh... You'd, you'd get a cosmetic pistol. Hmm. Well, I'd have to figure out a different... Uh, but yeah, basically, for every hero kill he gets, he gets a big... He gets a, a triggerable new power, and he gets a good shot on it. Like a good... Yeah. I mean, it sounds like there's some overlap with Shuriken. Right? Maybe. I mean, like, Shuriken is his, like, ranged, do damage, nuke thing right now. Kinda. Yeah. This would be better than that. I guess my concern is that gives him a lot of burst, and he's already, like, a pick-off bursty hero. He would be even better at that. Yeah. So what were your other ideas for additions to, or changes to that? Uh, additions to or changes to would be that he gets great lifesteal, but only from enemy heroes, not from any creeps. Hmm. I like the bounty hunter fiction aspect. Sure. Sure, I mean that's that's part of what I was thinking with my track thing is sort of like yeah, you know, bounty no, hunters like one. traps all the time. But I don't know. I like the idea of him getting like charges of this ability based on the kills he gets. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Because it also, it does encourage Bounty Hunter to be more than just the guy running around throwing track, right? Yeah, I'd like to give him more to actually do later in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, I had, um, I played a couple of Bounty Hunter matches recently. I've started playing him, and it's just, I, like, I convince people, like, I'm like, wait, wait, stop, stop, stop killing him, stop killing, okay, track is off, you can finish, I'll leave now. It's like, <laughs> just running running in and just, you know, throwing the confetti and then leaving. Um, yeah. And it's not like it's not fun, but it does feel kind of, kind of like, you become relevant in team fights, but just because you're getting so much money from track that you get the items to be relevant, it doesn't feel like your power set stays that relevant other than track. Yeah. So, yeah, I I like the idea of trying to trying to make him more involved, for sure. Uh, my second idea was sort of a get out of jail free passive. Um. Though you don't literally get out of jail free. Basically, the way I was thinking it would work is um, when your health drops below, let's say, 25% of your maximum health, uh, you will instantly go invisible and have a strong dispel cast on you. So, like, obviously, there, there are some things that that can't purge, but it would purge, for instance, Beastmaster's Roar. <laughs> and then also a very slight movement speed buff. So the thinking is if you get caught out as Bounty Hunter then you get a chance to get away. And if you get caught out as Bounty Hunter just because you happen to not be invisible, then if they don't have detection with you, they can't stop you. I'm not sure it's a bad idea. I would rather push him more into doing things rather than not doing things. Like, not dying in that situation. I would rather push him toward blowing somebody's head off. But it's not a bad idea, sure. Yeah, you know, just... I thought it was an idea that was interesting enough that it's worth throwing out there. I still like my first idea best. So, so speaking of returns, I understand we have a new fanfic. We do. Um, it's a short one. I'm I'm easing my way back in. It is not pornography. Easing my way back in. Uh, okay. <sighs> it's about a birthday party. Oh, so it, oh, I see, bearing the lead there, huh? Not about pornography. uh, The author is Whiter Than Bleach, and it's called Defeated in Battle, Redeemed in War. Um, It's fairly short, but there's some description of the outdoors. As much as she admired the sight, she had an uneasy feeling in her stomach. We don't know who she is. We don't find out till the end of the story. It's the big reveal. Normally, the Northern Outpost would have sent sent their weekly report by now. As it was under Kunkka's control, she would have expected to be punctual, unless... So she goes looking for Kunkka. He's wearing a birthday mask. What is... What is that? I don't know what a birthday mask is, and there is not explanation, but at least that's the only reason that I understand that there's a birthday party in this story. The shadows parted to reveal Io, Axe, and Rubik. Io quickly healed Kunkka, uh, our heroine just kicked him in the balls while Axe laughed and Rubik shook his head solemnly. The five of them walked limped back to the mess hall where there was a cake waiting. Everyone was there patiently seated. She sat down and smiled maybe it wasn't such a bad day after all after all being one word there was some sand on the floor she frowned. Oh well she could maybe ask Earthshaker later 
Unbeknownst to the happy crowd, the Sand King was spreading fine particles of sand into the air mixed with his poison. He just needed to weaken them enough to finish them off. Tristan suddenly felt as though her cake didn't taste very good. Her head spun a bit. Okay, so we just found out who it was then. We did, but we're about okay. 20 pages from the or 20 words from the end of the story. Okay. Crap, I feel sick. And then the Sand King rose from the floor. Behold the Dyer's Endgame! He slams his tail on the ground. He yells, die, fools. And then he gets killed by a Rubik. And then, desperate, he lunged at their leader, Tresden. She couldn't even defend herself as the poison had made her woozy. The last thing she felt was a sharp pain in the neck before her soul was ripped out of her body. The Legion commander was no more. Happy birthday. (laughs) So, my favorite thing about this story is that no one understands that there's a sandstorm happening <laughs> at the birthday party. I genuinely love this. And I can imagine Legion Commander being like, ah, everything tastes like sand. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. Okay. That's weird. Imagine other situations like, God, I'm really enjoying this ball game, but there's just sand in the air and my eyes and it kind of hurts. <laughs> I'm trying to pass my driver's exam, but I don't know. All this sand in the air and that weird whistling, grumbly noise. All right. I can I can see. It's it's an interesting choice. I can see why you picked that one. Sandstorm. So I guess they won then. Well, it's hard to know. Uh, he dies and uh, Sand King dies. Or uh, Sand King dies and Legion Commander dies. So I think... Dyer did better on that team, frankly. I would trade him to get Legion Commander down. Well, what if it's a what if it's a jungle legion? <laughs> okay, that would explain why she died in one head. Alright, <laughs> never mind. Well, she's also been whittled down by Sand. Can you imagine like si- Okay. Imagine Sand King stacks up a jungle camp and then starts Sandstorm, and imagine an enemy legion just walks into Sandstorm and starts jungling. <laughs> Oh. Oh, I'm taking a lot of damage. That's really weird. Oh, well, it's like that sometimes at low level. <coughs> oh, I don't feel very good, though. I, I can't see, so... Yeah. Perfect. have to ask Earthshaker about this later. <laughs> well, who else on our team eats sand? Uh. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I think that's I think that's it for us here, this episode <laughs> of Bottle Crow. Uh, Put that in the notes. Who else on our team eats sand? Uh, so uh, you can find us on uh, iTunes if you want to give us a rating or review there. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, the intro and outro music is courtesy of Reddit user Promoti. It's his Harmonies of New Bloom music pack, which you can also get in-game in Dota 2. If you want to send us any questions or comments, you can email us at bottlecrowpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at at bottlecrow on twitter we are a member of the scanline media family you can find us at scanlinemedia.com it's me uh my friend ben uncle and also johnny niska and we do some games criticism stuff um and if you want to contribute to our uh, our patreon at patreon.com scanlinemedia any of that money will go towards helping us cover more stuff we don't put it in our own pockets uh thanks so much and the three of us here me, Emily, and, and Sand King, I guess. We'll, we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.